Welcome to Canada's podcast. Hello, I'm Mario Tonaguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. Joining me today on Calgary's podcast is Julie Shipley Strickland, who is principal and founder of Julie Shipley Strickland Wealth and Risk Management. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us today, Julie. Thanks, Mario. Thanks for getting that tongue twister, too. That was great. <laughs> so tell me uh, just a little bit about what you do and mm -hmm. uh, and also, you know, the, your company, but also I understand you're also involved in roles with other companies. So if you could start the conversation off by just letting us know, that'd be great. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I'm a senior wealth advisor with Wellington Altus Private Wealth. Um, I also have uh, an insurance business, a risk management business um, that I run through Strickland Financial Group. So all that combined together is is under my my company name, Julie Shipley Strickland Wealth and Risk Management. So kind of that's that's the lay of the land. Okay. And, and what exactly do you do? Oh, it's such a good question, Mario, because everyone wants to know that. So on the wealth management side, um, I manage clients' portfolios. So, you know, my team and I were, were planners. So we definitely look to build out financial plans for our clients, make sure that they're following, you know, along their wealth building journey. We help clients set goals and, and really help, you know, pave a way, make a path for people to um, achieve what they want to achieve with their wealth and their financial um, financial goals and freedom. And then on the risk management side, that's where we kind of protect clients along the way. Uh, so, you know, the dodging word of insurance, which is, is yeah. definitely sounds worse than it is, um, but it's the way that we protect clients. So ensure that if there's some blips, you know, a diagnosis or a disability that's kind of um, holding them back along their way um, to get their financial goals, that they're protected so it actually doesn't hold them back. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the two sides of the business that I operate in. So tell me the the why behind this. Uh, how you know why did you get involved in in this area as a career? Yeah, that's a great question. For me, the why is all about people. So I love connecting with my clients. I love connecting with new prospects. For me, it's really for someone to be able to reach their financial goals. That that's you know that's my. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I really like coaching and supporting clients along that portfolio construction, you know, um, budgeting, that sort of thing. It's all part of what we do. But, you know, the ultimate why and, you know, why I'm doing this every day is really to support my clients in achieving what they want to achieve with their wealth and, and on their terms too, Mario. That's a very important part. You know, traditionally, you know, you've worked and then you receive a pension and then you sail off into retirement. And nowadays, people do a lot of different things, right? There's there's a lot of second careers. There's a lot of part-time. Um, and people are working longer and, and, and later in their lives. So really supporting them in whatever they want to do. That's 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 why I'm doing what I do. So I'm curious, uh, you know, is this something you've always wanted to do? Or did, uh, was there a, a moment that you, I don't know, changed your ideas of what you wanted mm -hmm. to do in, uh, in life as a career? Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, I started out as an accountant. So worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers, great firm. Uh, and I got in a couple months into it and I just, I I couldn't do the audit, the dryness. I really love people. So yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, and I have a lot of good friends there and, and they're wonderful. And I, um, but for me, it was, 
I've always loved numbers and I've always loved people. So yeah. it was a combination of that. And I will say, I definitely started on the risk management side. My dad built a, a great career before his passing about 10 years ago um, in that business. So I kind of grew up seeing that. And then the wealth management side just really drew me in with kind of the excitement of it and uh, the knowledge required behind it. Mm. Um, I think for me, those were the two kind of drivers to expand my business to the wealth management side. So I guess to answer your question, a bit of yes and no, the risk management was always there in the numbers. Um, the wealth management came afterwards. So it's not a, an, an area uh, that is well known for uh, females, right? Uh, you know, Correct. the whole financial planning and advisory thing. Uh, how have you found it, uh, you know, uh, first of all, initially uh, being a woman uh, in this industry, was it difficult uh, initially? Yeah. I mean, I think at the beginning, you know, I, I started in the industry 15 years ago and, and one, there were so few women role models to to look up to right and and to get educated on how they had gotten to their um you know their success um to having children in this business is challenging because you're always on right there's no mat leave i'm an entrepreneur so you know yeah. just the logistics behind that and the juggling was very challenging um and and so I think between those two, yeah, it was hard. I mean, it's, I don't think there's any shame or any judgment in saying, yeah, it was very, very challenging. Has it gotten a bit better? Sure. Um, but I wouldn't say it's great yet. I really think it's something that the wealth management and the risk management industry is working on. I'd say there's a lot more, you know, spotlights being shone on it, which is great. Um, but it's not there yet. It's definitely still a work in progress. Um, and it's definitely something that I, I try and make part of my business is to touch base with anyone who reaches out to me just to give them the support that, you know, maybe I could have used back then when I started out. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I would also say that Wellington Altus is doing a phenomenal job at really bringing women to the forefront. Um, they're really doing a great job, not only with their senior management, but then with all of their advisors, like they, they've really tried to to gravitate and bring some some great gals into the business. So um I think that's been that's been nice to have that supportive culture around, right? Um and to just feel like you're really being supported and it, that's part of it. So that's been huge. So Julie, what advice would you give a young uh, uh woman uh who's contemplating a career in this industry? Yeah. That's such a great question. <laughs> um I I think to have some patience um, I think to really stand up for and, and ask for what you need and want in, in your career and in your business. Um, I think having a supportive partner, I mean, my husband's been absolutely incredible and I, I definitely couldn't have done it without him, especially at the beginning with, um, with how tricky it was um, to have children and, and um, be in this business. So I think it's, you know, get yourself informed and then make a plan that works for you, right? Mm -hmm. It's definitely doable. Um, I think it, it's just something that you need to kind of sit down and plan out and um, figure what you're comfortable with. Um, yeah, I, I would say that was, would be some some of the best advice. On the flip side, too, as you get more and more settled in this business, it's phenomenal for freedom, um, which is great for family. Um, yeah. And I make my own schedule. So that flexibility now is is massive. I get to spend a lot of great time with my kids. Um that I, I wouldn't change for anything in the world. So kind of working through some of those challenging times at the beginning have been really, really great, you know, now that my kids are a bit older and I'm a bit more established in the business. What did you yeah. like? What do you like about um and, and what was the attraction for you to be an entrepreneur? 
Mary, I'm sure you get this from every entrepreneur. Like, it's just such a exciting thing to do. I mean, like anything, there's hard days for sure. One, I love my team. I love being able to support them. Um, I love how they support me. So I, I think being part of that team atmosphere. Two, I, I think building something uh, of my own is something that's always really driven me. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of creating something from nothing, right? It's like you've got this vision and then you've got to execute it. And sure, some, <laughs> some days you want, you wonder why you did it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's so exciting. And it's, um, I, I don't know, I just love it. I'm drawn to it. Uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough good about it. So maybe it's something more that's in me than something that I created. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely something that I couldn't, I I could not not be an entrepreneur. Maybe I said two negatives there, but I I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> so what you know when uh, when you it's it's tough, right? It's it's not a yeah. thing to do, right? Uh, for no matter what industry you're in, what do you think exactly? What do you think your biggest challenges have been uh, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner? I think my my number one biggest was trusting my gut. So when I started in the business, I really looked for outside validation from other uh, professionals or maybe women in my industry or even men in my industry. And I think now I've really learned to turn inwards and really see and really trust myself. And I think that's something when I speak to other entrepreneurs, you almost have to train yourself into doing that, right? Um, and so I, I really feel that that has been my biggest challenge in my business. But mm -hmm. now that I'm aware of it and getting some support around it with some business coaching and that sort of thing, it, it I think it's turning into, you know, my biggest strength. Um, you know, your gut doesn't lead you in the wrong direction. It's just, it's, it's there within us for all of us. So um, leaning into that and listening to that, I think has been, um, yeah, biggest challenge, but also, also turning into one of the biggest wins. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think if I were to look for outside, um, I think it's been, you know, building my team to something where everyone feels really supported. Everyone feels um, really excited about the work they're doing. That's been something that's been a big driver for me. And I finally feel like I've settled there and our team's expanding a little bit and it's, everyone seems really, really great and really happy. Um, and that's been a challenging, but again, now that we're on the other side of it, um, it it's, feels really good. So, you, you know, it, it's interesting what you're saying there about the gut and I'm kind of more cur uh, curious about that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, what, you know, we live in a day and age where, you know, we have research and data and mm -hmm. stats and coming out of our ears, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, true, very true. In a lot of ways, uh, in, in terms of business for, or anything, really, we've lost that, uh, I guess, uh, the ability, but also the, uh, the notion that we should be listening to our gut more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, I'm in a very fact-based yeah. um, industry, right? Like the stock market's done X, the rate of return is Y, you know, that sort of thing. So I think to flip it over and really lean into my own vulnerability and my own internal um, voices and what there's, you know, what your gut is telling you to do, it's almost required me to train myself to almost stop, take yeah. a couple moments to take it some few deep breaths and see what actually I believe is the right next step along the path. Yeah. And so that's something, 
you know, I, I definitely attribute it to some business coaching. I definitely attribute it to becoming more aware. I definitely attribute it to speaking with other entrepreneurs who've had to go through the same journey. Uh, but I wouldn't say, you know, there's readily available at our fingertips. That's what you should do as an entrepreneur. I couldn't agree with you more there. It's it's more fact-based than the numbers. Uh, but for me, it, it's been something truly powerful and, and truly something that I probably wish I had done it earlier, but then I wouldn't be along the same trajectory. So, yeah. Yeah. What about uh, doing business here in Calgary? Like, what's uh, what do you see as the benefits of that? You know, that's a great question. I'm born and raised a Montrealer. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah. So moving to Calgary was uh, <laughs> Night and day. <laughs> um, uh, I'm still a big Habs fan, although I am a big Flames fan too. So I, I've learned to branch out. Um, just not those Euler fans, right, Mario? Right? Um, <laughs> I think doing business in Calgary has been a lot of fun. Um, I find it's a big entrepreneurial mindset here, which I like. I work with a lot of business owners. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a kindness in Calgary and an openness I often hear this. Many people aren't originally from Calgary, right? It, it's expanded quite a bit. So I feel like everyone's very open. Yeah. Everyone's very open and they want to meet new people and 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 grow and expand. So I, I, I find that culture in Calgary to be phenomenal. I've really enjoyed doing business here and I, I continue to um, really enjoy meeting new people and, and embracing that culture. I do have part of my business still in Montreal um, and that's been phenomenal too. That's my roots and I'm I'm very comfortable there. I speak fluent French so I can I can communicate to clients there and, and um, it's a different mindset, um, but it's a great mindset as well. So for me, doing business in both places is really it really allows me to to touch different people, right? Um, and different mindsets and different cultures. And I, I love that about my business. So when did you uh, come out to Calgary and why? Yeah, so I moved in 2006. Um, I moved because my husband, he was working out here. Um, so yeah, it was a big change then. I mean, Calgary's grown to be such a vibrant, you know, cultural city now. But in 06, it was kind of just the starting, right? It wasn't the same. So um, it's gone through a big change and I love it. I definitely call it home. Both the kids, both my kids are born here. Um, so it feels really good. Yeah, it's funny you you mentioned that because I'm I'm originally from Ottawa, but I've been out here 40, uh, whatever, uh, 43rd year right now. So, wow. uh, but it's, uh, you know, I uh, anytime I would always go back and visit family in Ottawa, I could always see there's a different, uh, different mindset. Uh, it's a different mindset. It comes to business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Now, when you look at Calgary, obviously, the mm -hmm. industry that you're in, uh, you know, there's a lot of wealth here, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I still think we're probably uh, amongst the highest, if not the highest, in terms of wages in the, in the country, etc. Et and uh, it, it just, <laughs> this just reminds me because I just did see something the other day on social media about that famous license plate about, uh, you know, about the, the, uh, the oil boom and not uh, pissing it away. I, I <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about that? And, and you know, we're talking about mindsets. Uh, just you know, the fact that you know we go up and down, and uh, over the years, a lot of people, you know, have lost a lot of money after they've made a lot of money here, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a different mentality in that way, right? Because when I moved here in 06, things were great. Then we went through the financial crisis where it was felt everywhere in North America, I mean, globally, really, um, you know, 08 and 09. And, you know, 2010, I think everyone was still very hesitant, right? You know, even going into 2010. And then we kind of came out of that financial crisis. But then 2014, things really fell off in Alberta and specifically in Calgary, right? So, um, and, you know, depending on who you ask, it really fell off until 18 or 19. Like we had a, several years there um, where things were were definitely not booming, I would say, in, in Calgary. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we went into that trendy thing that everyone calls COVID. So, um, you know, it, it's definitely been had its ups and downs. I couldn't agree with you more. I think one, there's a positivity in Calgary that, you know, people always either know or seem to know that it'll come back. Um, and so I think there's that, you know, waiting for that and looking forward to that, that positivity. I think too, there's some things that you can do, you know, in the in the boom time, so that you're prepared for. I don't want to say bust, but you know, that's the expression. Um, I think looking at things like you know, keeping some cash on hand um, and having that availability, and and not you know, stretching yourself to the complete max when things are when things are are great, right? Having that reserve fund and that that extra cash invested, I think, is really really smart. Um, and, and making sure that you're, you know, saving for the short term and maybe opportunities that come around, but also that you're planning for the long term. So, you know, keep maintaining that balance between short term and long term, I think is key. You got to enjoy life right now, right? You can't, you can't always wait for retirement or, or, you know, this trip or whatnot. There's, there's that balance there. So I, I really work with clients on saying, you know, keep your spending in check right now, but make sure you have some indulgences that really make you feel good. And life is for living, right? So I think those two, keeping a bit of cash and then, you know, that balance between now and in the future, I think is really important to kind of always have a forefront of mindset. Yeah. yeah. Well, so growing up as a young, yeah. girl, as a young girl, <laughs> what is it that you wanted to do? That's such a great I don't question. Think a financial planner. I don't think that would have entered No, it, <laughs> it wasn't that. Um, I had marine biologist for a while, which is hilarious oh. because I love the ocean and I love dolphins, but everything else I'm good. Um, so I don't know where I thought I was just gonna just gonna roll into that. Um, I remember having that for a while. Um, I did have accountant for quite a while as a teenager. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, a lot of my parents' friends were accountants, and I always saw them as very sophisticated and and serious and and yeah. accomplished. Um, so I definitely had that for a while. Um, I can't remember if there was anything else. A marine biologist was definitely like, you know, if I look at my grade six school picture and what I wanted to be, it was marine biologist. It was there for a while, Maria. Oh, yeah. And now I live in a landlocked province. So there you go. <laughs> All righty. So um, I'm just curious, you know, uh, all entrepreneurs, uh, they're very busy, almost 24 uh, seven, you know, mm -hmm. so, so beyond work and obviously, and, and your family, uh, what do you do for yourself? Like what interest do you yeah. have uh, personally? I love that question. So I'm a, a bit big fitness fanatic. So I um I love boxing. So I'm I rumble regularly boxing um and I'm doing Muay Thai. A, I just did a podcast with uh Sissy Chen. Uh, oh, Sis is great. 
Yeah, she's fantastic. So yeah, I'm at I'm at Rumble um, Boxing, and then um, I do do some of my own workouts online and that sort of thing. And I like weightlifting, so kind of spread out my week um, with some exercise for sure. Uh, I collect wine, so that's a fun little pastime. Yeah, uh, I do do that. So I'm I'm actually getting into it a bit more. I just started it a few years back, um, and I didn't have as much time with it when the kids were younger. So there's a bit more time there, and then I love traveling with with the family. So I love planning trips and, and, um, traveling with my kids and my husband. Um, that to me is great family time and seeing new cultures and learning new things. So kind of the best, best Any of wine all the worlds. Pardon? Any wine favorites? Oh, I'm impartial to white burgundies. I haven't found one that's the, you know, the epitome, but I do like a, a nice white from, from the burgundy region in France. Um, and I am, you know, very partial to that, to wines from that region. Um, I do really like my Pinot Noirs from Willamette. Um, I've got a few there that I, that I really like uh, in Oregon. Um, and then there's some in the Okanagan that I've really found that I enjoy. Um, there's a couple of whites that I really enjoy and a rosé and stuff. So yeah, kind of a little bit of everywhere. Um, but I also like trying new things. Um, there's been a few Austrian wines that I've, I've tried recently that I really like. Um, and one of my friends has me on a Portuguese kick a little bit here, which is really interesting. Um, so yeah, just, I, I like the steady favorites, but then I also like trying different ones too and learning about it. So, um, I think as the kids get older, cause we're really focused on spending time, our kids are 12 and eight, um, just spending time with their activities, but as they get older and have more and more of their own interests, I think I'm going to dive into it even more. It's great. Oh, wonderful. Well, thanks very much, uh, Julie, for joining us today. Thanks, Mario. Really appreciate your time. All right. That was uh, Julie Shipley Strickland, who is uh, founder and principal of Julie Shipley Strickland Wealth and Risk Management. I'm Mario Taniguzzi, Managing Editor of Canada's Podcast. This has been Calgary's Podcast. Thanks for joining us today.